Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. What a great, mighty God we serve. I am reading from Proverbs chapter number 3. I'm reading verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter number 3, verses 5 and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Can you say amen? Amen. Do not lean to your own understanding. Are we not all guilty of that? In all your ways, are we not guilty of not doing it in all of our ways? In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I want to talk to you today about this subject that I have simply entitled, The God Who Can Be Trusted. He is the God who can be trusted. And Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the spirit that we feel. And now I pray that you will anoint my tongue, my lips, my mind, my heart to speak these words in such a way that we can all glean from them and help me to express, Lord, what you have laid upon my heart in such a way that it can be easily understood. I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen one more time. Praise God. Uh, we have been, we have been uh, preaching about the God who, and then fill in the blank, we have touched on a lot of these subjects. I suppose you could preach almost for eternity on the God who something because there is no way to fully describe Jesus and to fully exhaust his benefits or his blessings uh, upon us. Um, but this, uh, I, knew, I, I knew what title I wanted to use, but I had no sermon for it. I just knew I wanted to preach on the God who can be trusted, but I had no sermon on it until, I think it was uh, maybe Thursday, Thursday morning. I was reading my Bible. I read my Bible every morning, spend a little time with Jesus. I encourage you, it does not have to be in the morning, but I encourage you to read your Bibles every day um, and not speed read it. Don't just read it to get through it. Read it, see what you glean from it. Read it to see what the Lord might speak to you during it. And the Lord spoke to me as I was reading uh, in my daily Bible reading. I did not pick the chapters to read. I follow the plan to get me through the Bible um, in the course of a year. And this, uh, this period of time, I am reading through 1 Kings. And I was reading through chapters 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. And if you're familiar with the, with the uh, book of Kings at all, or you're familiar with the history of Israel, you realize that after Saul, there was David. After David, there was Solomon. And each one reigned approximately 40 years. And then after Solomon, the kingdom was split uh, into the northern tribe and the southern tribe, Judah and Israel. And there were different kings. Uh, and that's why as you read through the Old Testament, you'll hear references to Judah, you'll hear references to Israel, because they became two different nations. And I'm not trying to give you a history lesson here. I'm just trying to help you understand what I was reading about. And it can be boring reading sometimes. And I encourage you when you're reading your Bible, I don't care how bored you get, and I don't care how much you comprehend it, read it anyway. 
And uh, I have had people come to me uh, at times and say, look, I try reading the Bible. I just don't get it. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I always tell them, read it anyway. And they look at me like, why? Why bother? And I say, well, do you understand the chemical molecular structure of green beans? <laughs> do you have to understand what every, every ingredient of the, of the food you're eating is doing inside your body? Or do you just eat it because your mother told you it's good for you? Huh? I don't have to understand everything I'm reading at every moment I'm reading it, but I want the Word of God into my spirit so that I will become stronger and better because the Word of God is there. And just like when you're eating your meal, some things, I don't know how you do it, I'm really weird when it comes to eating my meal. As I'm eating my meal, I'm figuring out which flavors I like the best. Uh, I, my, my grandson, he eats, this is not in my notes, I just, I just got to tell you this. My grandson, he eats, you put th th four different things on his plate, he eats all of this, then he goes to the next thing and eats all of that, then he goes to the third thing and eats all of that, then he goes to the fourth thing and eats all of that. I am just the opposite. I pick through it all, and while I'm doing this, I'm determining what thing on this plate I like the best. And without even thinking of it, I'm figuring out what my last bite's going to be. <laughs> and my, my poor wife and I, we had many fights when we first got married because she didn't un I didn't understand that about I didn't know what I was doing. I just... And, uh, and I'd be about halfway through my meal, and I'm starting to subconsciously plan out. I got five bites left of this and five of that and four of this, and now it's going to go this way. And she would say, can I have a bite of that? And she would think I'm being selfish. I, I'm, I'm not. And finally, I told her, I said, look, at when they put my plate down on the, on the thing, take anything you want. Take half of it. Take three quarters of it. I just got to know what I have left so that I can work this thing out and get the last bite that I want the last bite to be. And you're throwing my schedule off. <sighs> so don't think everything your husband or your wife is doing is, is malicious. It's sometimes innocent. How did I get off on all that? Oh, read the Bible. <laughs> and I was reading through... 1 Kings chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, which can be boring reading. This king did this, this king did that, that king messed up, and all this stuff was going on, and all of this stuff was taking place, and Jeroboam was setting up two golden calves because he didn't want the people going down to, down to Israel, down to Jerusalem to worship. He wanted them to stay under his control, so he set up false gods, and the kingdom was divided, and Ahab was one of those kings that came out of that mess of divided kingdom that, that dealt with Elijah or Elijah dealt with Ahab and all this mess was going on in these kingdoms and they were fighting against each other and they were actually doing what they thought they needed to do to keep things under their control. This one king set up these two, who was it? I don't even know if I have his name in. Who cares what his name was? Jeroboam, I think it was, set up two golden calves there so that the people would be able to worship there instead of going to Jerusalem. And maybe perhaps he would lose his influence over them. And so they took God's laws into their own hands to try to make it work for their good. And that's what was going on during this time. And I'm reading this. 
And Ahab, you know, you know the story of Ahab and Elijah and how w- well wicked he was with his wife Jezebel and all the, all the ungodly things they did and the false shrines they set up to false gods trying to please people. My friend, listen to me. I, I pray I can always be the kind of preacher and pastor that will preach to you the truth whether you enjoy it or don't enjoy it. Uh, we got to know what's in this book. We're not people pleasers. We're not trying to get people to like us. I'm trying to introduce you to the one that will save your soul. And I guarantee you there are things in your life you're doing wrong. That conviction will come. And when it comes, yield to it. Hallelujah. Because I'm not done yet. And he's not done with me yet. And I've been at this for over 40 years, and I can guarantee you I am not done feeling his conviction. When he says, okay, enough of that. Where am I? I don't even know where I am. I'll tell you what happened to me, and this is why I encourage you to read your Bible. Don't tell me you don't get anything out of it. We've already been through that. You'll get something out of it. A lot of it will touch your heart. Some of it will touch your mind. This touched my mind that day. And I was reading about these kings that were doing things that seemed right to them to keep their world under control. And all of a sudden, I felt like Jesus just stepped into the room that I was sitting there reading my Bible in. I felt like he just stepped out of glory right into my room in front of me and reminded me of all of my past 40-some-odd years of serving him and how many times I did that same thing. How the times that I thought I needed this to get through, and I thought I needed more money to make it through, and I thought I needed a better job to get to make ends meet and I thought I needed to do this and I took this on and I tried doing this and I tried working at this you know how many businesses I've started a lot you know why none of them are here because they all failed thank God (laughs) and I thought to myself and I'm not saying don't start a business that wasn't my calling Some of you might be called to start a business. Some of you might be called to financial success and mark it down. God wants some of it. (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm sorry, Lord. I said that totally wrong. Mark it down. God wants all of it. (laughs) And then he'll give you back what you need. Always put Jesus first in all things. But I sat there reading this, and I was so disgusted in my spirit over these kings that tried to do all these things to, to, to keep their lives together and work. And all of a sudden, I felt Jesus, not with condemnation, my friend. Let me tell you something about my relationship with Jesus. He can correct me without condemning me. He doesn't come to tell me how lousy I am and what a bad person I've been. And you did this wrong, and what's wrong with you? You think like this. He comes and says, see, see, I've been trying to tell you this all through through these years, you didn't need that. You just needed me. See, here we are at the end, and I got you through it all. See, you could have trusted me all that all during that time. And he brought me to the place where I realized, Lord Jesus, how often?
often did I set up false gods thinking if I had a little more of that or if I had a little more of that or if I needed some of this, I could have been happier or more successful. And the truth is all I need is him. He's all I need. And I repented right then. I repented sitting in my living room, reading my Bible by myself. I repented before God. Repented. Sincerely repented. I said, Lord, I am so sorry for all of the times I looked to other things, thinking if I just had this, I would make it. Thinking if I just had this, it would be easier. Thinking if I could just do this, everything would work out okay. When really all I needed all along, and all I really ever had was you, because everything I put my hands to failed. Outside of the kingdom. And I said, Lord, I have set up false gods before you. I have set up, during my life, I have set up false gods. And they keep getting knocked down. And I try to set up another one so that I can have peace of mind. And it gets knocked down. And I tried it again over here, thinking, boy, if I could just get this going, it would be great. And it gets knocked down. And I said to Jesus... I trusted in things. I wasn't trusting in you. I am guilty of what these kings did. I set up false gods in my life. I thought I needed other things. And all I needed was Jesus. And my friend, I'm here to tell you today, I am searching my heart and I'm asking you to search yours for every false God you have built, every thought you have that, is, that will satisfy you outside of Jesus Christ. If you need it, he'll give it to you. All I need is Jesus. The songwriter wrote and said, everything that I need to make me happy, I have Jesus to show me the way. Will it cost me? Will it cost me? Maybe. Will I lose some things? Maybe. Would Ahab have lost some of his people if he had stayed true to God and didn't build false shrines? Maybe. But in the end of the day, he would have had so much more because Jesus never gets outsold. There are none better than him. There are none greater than him. And when I am closing my eyes in death, I will not look to see how happy I am that I have so much money or how glad I am that I had such nice cars or how happy I am because my house was big. I will be happy over one thing. He's my Lord and Savior. He's my Lord and Savior. Praise the living God. The very thing you think you need to get you through might be the very thing that would destroy you. The mistake that many believers make is they try to figure things out in their own strength and their own understanding and then they bring that to God. How many of you figured out what you need and then went to God with that? Lord, here's the... (laughs) You sure? (laughs) Lord, I got this all figured out. I need this. I need it by here. I need it then. I need them to do this. And I need them to do this by Wednesday. (laughs) Huh? 
Come on. Am I right? We figure things out because we are God and we tell our servant what he needs to do. Never looked at it that way, did you? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in my world as it's done in heaven. Didn't he teach us to pray like that? Lord, I'd love to have this, but you know what? Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The problem is is that preachers today are preaching the abundance of this world. Give and you'll get. Plant your seed money. Do this. God will bless you. He'll bless your business. And it's all based in greed. They are telling you that, that, uh, that the abundance of this world is what we're after. And I'm here to tell you today we are not after the abundance of this world because this world will pass away and everything in it but only what's done for Jesus is going to matter that's all that's going to matter hallelujah praise God you've heard it preach seed money seed money the only one getting rich of the preacher I'm bold preaching like this huh Seed money. Plant your seed money. Come and give 100. You'll get 200 back. No, you won't. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You can't outgive God. You give 100, he'll give you 200 back. You can't outgive God because you got that 100 to begin with from him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything you have came from him. So if you gave everything, you still didn't outgive him. You cannot outgive him because everything you have came from him. Seed money. Boy, those preachers are getting rich though flying around their private jets. Well, we need a private jet to preach the gospel. You're not preaching the gospel. You're preaching a false message. The gospel is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. They call up this one all the time. Ask and it will be given you. What are you, what are you asking for today? Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. See? Anything you want. Seek for it. Ask for it. Knock for it. Knock and keep knocking. I don't believe Jesus was talking about heavenly th or earthly things. And I'll tell you why I believe that. Because he also said, do not worry about your life. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body and what you're going to put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? That's what Jesus said. So how do you reconcile, ask and it will be given you, seek and find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him it will be opened. I can ask for multitudes and riches and fame and fortune and new cars and lands and, and, and houses and all of this stuff. No, 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 my friend. Ask and you shall receive. Ask what? How do I be saved? How do I gain entrance into heaven? Because life is not about what I possess down here. Life is not about the abundance of things possessed. Is not life more than food and more than raiment? Oh, God, help me not to set up false gods before you. Help me not to be guilty like the kings of Israel who thought if they could set up false gods, they could keep everything under control. Help me to abandon myself to you. Praise God. Praise God. God is so good, isn't he? I'm going to get ready to wrap this up and listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Shall not want. Do you know... Do you know the person who eats a hamburger? <laughs> Kids all start like, all these teenagers are laughing at me right now. What, did you just have a hamburger before church? <laughs> How did he know we just had a hamburger? <laughs> See, now you made me forget what I was going to say. person who eats a hamburger... fills his body, takes care of his flesh, and feels good. But Jesus said life is more than food, the body more than clothing. And so the hamburger takes care of my flesh, but what about my spirit? What about my spirit? Because I could have everything this world has to offer. A lovely wife, which I have. Lovely children, which I have. Greatest grandchildren you'll ever meet anywhere, which I have. Except for yours, right? <laughs> I didn't hear any amens just then. Amen. You've got the greatest grandchildren anybody's ever going to meet, right? There we go, see? I have things that this world has to offer me. And I could take care of my flesh and I could take care of the world around me, and I could trust in all of these things, but which one of those things give me entrance into heaven when this life ends? When I read about those kings and what they were doing, I thought to myself, Lord, how many false gods have I set up in my life? How many false gods? I felt so convicted. I sat there in my living room and repented before God because I have set up false gods over the years in my life, looking to things, to people, to satisfy, to get me through, to figure out how I'm going to make it. And I realized, Lord, I don't want to be like those kings. I want to set, set the altar up in Jerusalem where it belongs. 
if I lose some people preaching like this, so be it. I've got to preach you. You're the most important thing. And I actually took time to thank God that all my false gods failed me along the way. And when all of those false gods failed and crumbled one after another, Jesus was still standing there saying, come unto me. Still standing there. And I close with this. Musicians, come. Psalmist wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. How many of you know what verse 4 says now? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what jumped out at me after I had this experience with God on Thursday morning or wherever it was reading my Bible? It jumped out at me that the Lord is my shepherd, that he makes me lie down in green pastures, that he leads me beside the still waters, that he restores my soul, that he leads me in the paths of righteousness, but it does not say he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. doesn't say he leads me there. How did I get there? By my own mind. My own ideas. My own thoughts. My own plans. My own ideas of how life should be working and who should be doing what and how I should be. All of that stuff brings me to the valley of the shadow of death. But when I get there and I look around and see my plans failing and nothing working out, I will fear no evil because he is still with me. He follows me. He stayed with me. Every stupid idea I came up with and tried to make it go, he walked beside me, waiting for it to fail so he could say, come on back, let's do it this way. And then I'd walk with him for a bit and start going off my own way, back into the valley of the shadow of death, thinking I had a better way. And I would fall, and he would be right there. Come on. Let's get back into the paths of righteousness. Let's lie down in green pastures. My friend, Jesus really is your answer. Jesus really is the only answer you need. Why don't you come to him right now? Leave this world behind. Leave your plans behind. Leave your thoughts behind. Leave what you think you need to be happy behind. Come to Jesus. This altar is open. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.